Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. It was another day, and then after it happened, it was almost like shock. And, well, of course she's going to come home. And now, 27 years later, that's still not the case. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. She was tying her shoe because she got sand in her shoe after the the kids had played together. And one of the kids just ran back straight to the bleachers. The other one started running back, but kind of turned around, looked at Morgan and kind of waited on her for a little bit. But when this child thought that Morgan was getting ready to get up and run back, they you know, started running back to the bleachers, but Morgan never made it back to the bleachers. About a year ago on The Daily Crime, we covered the 26th anniversary of the disappearance of six-year-old Morgan Nick in Arkansas. The police department even told me just last week they are closer now to solving this case than they have ever been. We recently passed the 27th anniversary of Morgan's disappearance. But in the past year, there have been some developments related to the investigation. Developing news this morning, the FBI has named a person of interest in the 1995 disappearance of Morgan Nick. Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending with real-time notifications. Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Mercedes McKay joins us from THV 11 in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mercedes, we just passed the 27th anniversary of the disappearance of six-year-old Morgan Nick. It's a case that devastated a small community in Arkansas And we talked about it with a colleague of yours last year around the 26th anniversary, but there have been some big updates since then. Let's start with the background. Tell me about Morgan Nick. Who was she and what happened to her? Yeah. So like you said, she was six years old. So that really shook up this small town of Alma, Arkansas. Um, And it was actually on June 9th, 1995. She actually wasn't even from Alma. She's from Ozark. Um, That's about 20 minutes away. So her family was invited to go to a baseball game there. You know, they went to this baseball game and I spoke with her mom during my story. And I was like, you know, everyone in Arkansas knows this story, but I was just kind of like, take me back to that day. She was like, you know, my daughter Morgan asked me if she could just go play with some kids. We were at the baseball game in the parking lot near the game. And, you know, I let her go like any mom would. And she was taking sand out of her shoes. And the other kids kind of walked away from her and went back to um, the baseball field. She sat down to take sand out of her shoes and the other children, the older children walked off and left her. And that was the last time that anybody saw her. So just one of those crazy stories, especially because the baseball field where they were at was actually just down the road from the police department. 
So just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns. And especially in that small of a town, it was like less than 3000 people at the time. It's 3000 now. Um, it just really shook the whole community for sure. While reporting on this story, you went out to this baseball field in Ulma. What was it like to, to be there and to walk around that parking lot where Morgan ran off to play with some friends? Yeah, that's a good question. I never really thought about this. And when I do these stories, it's kind of like you kind of have to go back in time and feel what it felt like at that moment in time. And even though that city has changed, it still has that old feel to it. And it was it was kind of surreal. And it was also kind of uneasy, to be honest. You kind of have a pit in your stomach like this was actually the last time anyone ever saw her was right here. And she was just six years old. So definitely a surreal, but definitely one of those moments where you were like, you don't even know how to feel just because it's just, it's almost kind of spooky, but at the same time, unnerving, you know, just a mix of emotions. You mentioned you talked to Morgan's mother, Colleen Nick, about that fateful night in June of 1995. What memories stand out to her when she thinks back to that that night, the last night that she saw her daughter? Honestly, when we were kind of going back through it, it wasn't like there was anything specific where she was like, this stuck out to me. She goes, it was just another day. And she was like, my biggest thing is that, you know, I was normally a very protective mother and I didn't think anything of her going with some friends, just literally in the parking lot, right where I was. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I think the biggest thing I took away from what she was saying about that night is that they just still have so much hope that they'll figure out something and find out what happened to Morgan. And there's not a day goes by that they don't think about Morgan and they don't look at that empty seat at the dinner table and know that she would be right there. So they're definitely still every day they're living like they're going to figure out and find out the truth of what happened to Morgan, but Morgan's on their mind every day. But I think that day for Colleen, the way she was explaining it to me was like, it was another day. And then after it happened, it was almost like shock. And well, of course she's going to come home. And now 27 years later, that's still not the case. You described this small town of, of now about 3000 people. My parents used to live in a town about that size. I know how fast word gets around. And when you talk to the current Alma County police chief, this case happened before he was the police chief, but but that's something that he talked about, how quickly everyone heard about it, including himself. Yeah, he it, he said it just traveled so fast, like you said, in a town that small. His biggest thing that he said to me that like kind of shook me to my core was he was like, you know, when it happened, we were like, why is that happening here? That shouldn't be happening here. You know, as days went on, you know, it's almost like that fear that this is not what's supposed to happen in a small town. And it was almost like the whole town was like, no, this didn't happen. Almost in so much shock, like, why would a little girl be taken here? This is just a small town. Yes, he heard about it instantly. He knew about the case all of his life. It's one of those names that if you live in Arkansas, you know the Morgan nickname. So especially in that town. You know, everyone has a story of where they were and how it was. I you know I read the Facebook comments of the article, we were, the most recent story that we did. And there were so many people commenting like, oh my goodness, she was in my third grade class. Or, oh my goodness, I live a town over, but I remember that day and hearing about it. So definitely something that everyone, even outside of Alma, heard about it instantly. But especially in that town, it just kind of sent shockwaves. What did this investigation look like early on as investigators started to try to figure out who took Morgan. 
It was definitely an all hands on deck. They never have stopped working. It is something the chief told me. He's like, we honestly still work it almost every day. We keep getting leads in. And at the beginning, there were a lot of leads coming in, just like there always are in a case like this. But the biggest thing they had was actually a video from the baseball field of this red truck with the white camper. We have it on video the night of the ball game that Morgan was taken, and that truck can be seen in it. And the owner or whoever was in the vehicle has never been identified. And if you know anything about this case, you've seen that picture shown like all the time. That is literally, they would put a picture of Morgan and then put this red truck next to it. And the chief basically said to me, you know, we don't know if that's the person that took Morgan, but we know whoever was in that car could have definitely taken Morgan. It may not be who took Morgan, but We've never been able to identify that who the owner of that truck was. They've kept that red truck with the white camper. That's something that has not changed about this case, that the Elmo Police Department believes, you know, th this is the person that could have taken Morgan. So that's kind of how it was right at the beginning. And it's still to this day, that's such a key part of their investigation. Right. When we talked about this case on The Daily Crime last year, that's what we talked about, a, a red truck with a white camper shell. What's happened in the time since, in the past year? What are the latest developments? Yeah, so this was honestly something that I said earlier, the town, it sent shockwaves. But um, last November, when the FBI released a press release, I remember we were in our morning meeting and my news director in the middle goes, oh my goodness, there's a person of interest in the Morgan Nick case. And we got this press release. And I mean, it was huge. It was like, holy crap, no one has ever been named outwardly a person of interest in this case ever for 26 years. I talked to the chief about it. They've had leads, but no one has outwardly named it. Um, it was the FBI that named Billy Jack Links as a person of interest. Here is what we know about Billy Jack Links. We also have a photo to show of him as well. In fact, this is the only photo that the FBI can conclusively say is Lynx. He was born in Crawford County in 1924 and was raised there. He served in the Army during World War II and then uh, worked for Braniff Airlines in Dallas from 1962 to 1974. Lynx then returned to Van Buren sometime in the late 1970s. Fast forward to 1995, about two months after Morgan disappeared, Lynx tried to abduct a young girl in Van Buren eight miles from where Morgan was last seen. Again, that was just Two months after her disappearance, Lynx died in prison in 2000. So when the FBI released that, it was huge. I remember that day I talked to the FBI. They said, just like I said, those were the reasons they think if anyone has any information about Billy Jack Lynx, we want to know. And I talked to Colleen that day and her reaction was like, okay, this is great. But also she's been through this for 26 years, 27 years now. It was just another lead. And she told me, we can't get our hopes up at every lead because then, you know, that's what we did at the beginning. And then it just kind of fizzles. So I was honestly kind of shocked when I talked to her, but you have to put yourself in her shoes. Like, well, of course they've been listening. They've been hearing leads all their life trying to find Morgan. And this one, that was actually the first one ever. She was like, if someone knows him, great, let us know. But she wasn't holding on to that much hope that maybe this could be it. Because I mean, he died in prison in 2000. So there's so much that we don't know about him. But the stuff the FBI has is is pretty huge. Uh, we spoke with Morgan's mom, Colleen, about this latest development in the case. She stands firm in her belief that Morgan will be found and her family will get justice. But that family now needs your help. Tell us what you know, because you literally could be holding the key um, to bringing Morgan home. You know, we, 
are incredibly appreciative of the state of Arkansas who really stood up for Morgan when she was taken and have continued to stand and fight for her. You can call those tips in to 1-800-CALL-FBI. That is the tip line number right there on the bottom of your screen. Now, Michael, this case is not only known here in Arkansas, it is known throughout the country. So the question is for me right now, at least, is Link's the only person of interest in this case right now? According to Colleen Nick, no, he is not. Of course, this case has been investigated now for 26 years. There have been thousands of tips that have come in. Again, she says that he is not the sole person of interest at this point. But going back to the FBI, they say that they have the circumstantial evidence uh, of his you know, attempted abduction of another young child paired with other evidence that they are not releasing details about right now that led them to this point, asking for the public's help in learning more about him. So uh, they're sending that message all across the region to Texas, where he used to live, uh, Arkansas and other states in hopes that someone somewhere can give them more information. We talked about that lead involving a red pickup truck. Do we know what kind of vehicle Billy Jack Lynx would have been driving around that time? Yeah, so that was really interesting. The FBI has never said that Billy Jack Lynx was the owner of a red truck with a white camper. That was never announced. Um, But when I dug into that case that he was arrested two months after Morgan, the red 1986 Chevrolet pickup was literally listed in almost every piece of court documents that I read. Um, Interview witnesses said it. Um, Even the police officer that arrested him and did his first interview and took that report two months after Morgan was abducted for this other 11-year-old that he attempted to abduct. Um, he said he wrote he drove a red 1986 Chevrolet pickup. And I think the biggest thing that I figured out in studying that was that there was a witness interview that was Link's, um, Billy Jack Link's neighbor. And this police officer interviewed him and a neighbor told police that they think Link's had a camper shell in his red pickup and they believes it was two months ago when he saw the camper. So that that piece of evidence really stuck out for me. Um, the FBI has never said yes or no on whether they believe he drove that. They're being very confidential about that. Um, another law enforcement source that I've spoken to that wants to remain anonymous has told me that they don't think Billy Jack Link drove that car. So there's just so much ifs and maybes. And when I brought it up to the chief, he just said it the owner of that truck may be who took Morgan, but we've never been able to identify the owner. So it's definitely something that all law enforcement's kind of tiptoe around when the evidence clearly states he drove this kind of car that y'all have been looking for for all these years. It's in countless court documents of this case two months after Morgan was abducted. So it it was a shock to me studying through all this, being like, okay, I'm not an investigator, but what's going on? It says it right here. You said Billy Jack Lynx died behind bars in 2000. Do we know if he was ever contacted by law enforcement about Morgan Nick's case prior to his death? That's something that I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure that he maybe had been questioned before and they kind of grudged him off. Um, But he was never someone that they interviewed intensely for it. So now 27 years after Morgan Nick disappeared, for the first time, we have a person of interest that's been named. It, It seems like a huge step in this investigation. But with that person of interest no longer alive, what do investigators think it might take to get this case over the finish line to finally be able to say with confidence what exactly happened to Morgan Nick? 
Yeah, I think that's a major question and something that struck out to me when I talked to the police chief of Alma, Chief Jeff Pointer. He said, you know, we failed at our jobs. We have failed at our jobs for the last 27 years. You look at it as as we failed our job. You know, we didn't and haven't brought Morgan home. So, uh, I mean, we failed at what we were supposed to do. And him saying that, you know, had to have been hard. This cold case doesn't just affect the family. It also affects the police department that is constantly working on it and knows that this has been sitting on their desk for 27 years and they haven't found answers for Morgan and answers for her family. But I think that's why they constantly, that's why they always say yes to do interviews. That's why, especially Colleen is always like, yes, if y'all can ever do another story, get it out there. Cause their biggest thing is someone out there knows something. That's something we hear in every single court case. If you've ever done interviews, if you've ever watched a documentary, every police officer, every family member is like someone out there knows something. And I wholeheartedly believe that I think everyone does. So they're just relying on the public. They are relying on anyone that could have ever known Billy Jack links. He moved around. He mainly lived in Arkansas, but he'd been in Dallas, Oklahoma. And they, the FBI was even like, hey, if anyone out there knows anything about this man. So I think the biggest thing is just public knowledge. They just keep asking people, no detail is too small. You know, that could bring us closer to this. I think, like you said, naming a person of interest was huge in this long, decades long case, but it's also, there's still much more, so much more to be done for them to actually connect the dots. And I really think it takes the public because they can't interview him. Like you said, he, he died before they could. He didn't even live out his full time in prison for that other abduction. Um, so it's just the public, just like with any of these cold cases, you know, Anything that anyone knows is so important to figuring out exactly what happened to Morgan. Earlier, you said the name Morgan Nick is one that anyone who was around in Arkansas back in the 90s knows. They all know about this case. What would it mean for folks in Alma and around the state to see this case solved after now more than 27 years? Oh my gosh. I just think it would be a weight off the shoulders for everyone. Even if they didn't know Morgan personally, I think everyone can relate somehow to the devastation of a six-year-old girl just being snatched away, innocently catching fireflies. That was the biggest thing about this. That's what the kids were doing. So I just think it would kind of give a sense of relief for everybody, not just for Colleen, but for the police department, knowing exactly what happened to Morgan. I really think this is kind of like a cloud that's always going to hang over this town and maybe even hang over Arkansas until we figure out what happened. I mean, there's a ton of cold cases and not that no one is more important than the next, but this one is just, I think, struck a nerve with a lot of people. And it's just kind of shocking. Like, why hasn't anyone figured this out? So I asked Colleen that and I asked um, Chief Pointer that exact question, like, what would this mean? And the chief said, you know, it would mean that we did our job and we finally were able to close it, brought Morgan home, what it would mean for the family. And really for Colleen, it's just like, I just want to know what happened to my daughter. And this would just mean closure for a lot of other families, even families that are maybe have a missing child, just like Colleen. There, There is actually a chance that you can find out what happened to your son or daughter. So I think it would mean everything. It would definitely it would definitely be huge if that ever happens, and I hope it does. Even though more time has continued to go by, our belief is that if we fight hard enough, we will find the truth and we will bring her home. Speaking of other families that are in a similar situation, Colleen Nick, Morgan's mother, has devoted her life to helping other families who are going through similar experiences. Can you tell us a little bit about those efforts? Yes. So it was actually like right after Morgan was 
um, abducted. It was about a year after Colleen started the Morgan Nick Foundation and their whole goal and mission is to help people that have missing children. So it's really cool. We were actually able to go to the foundation. They have a wall of all these posters of all these missing kids and then they say found over them. And those are the people that they've helped find. Whether it's telling the family, hey, the law enforcement is your friend. You need to push them. You need to ask them questions. You need to continue to stay on top of it. Um, Because that's the thing with a lot of these cases is Law enforcement has so many other cases. A lot of times it's the family sometimes doing a lot of the legwork in terms of pushing the law enforcement to kind of get things moving. So Colleen works a lot personally with families. She has a lot of helpers there that either go to schools as well and kind of talk to kids about safety, especially now online. Um, Kids are getting into bad things online just because everything's at the click of a button. So they're going to schools across Arkansas and talking to kids about how to be safe and what to do in this situation and what you kind of, if you, if someone is trying to abduct you, what you can do. So they're doing a ton of education, but also helping these families either find their missing loved one or helping them cope with stuff. So she's done a ton and it's really cool that Colleen has done this and is trying to make a difference because it was a devastating situation that happened to her and she's trying trying to shed light on it and give some hope to other families, even if her family doesn't have that hope just yet. Mercedes McKay with THV 11 in Little Rock. We'll continue to keep an eye on your reporting. Thanks for sharing the story. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. If you have a second, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. And if you're looking for something else to listen to, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.